Welcome to Biteside, taking place, in fact, almost over dial-up uh, because my internet uh, decided to um, give it up about half an hour ago um, and I've been scrambling to get my hotspots up and running, not just for myself, but my children who are currently attending school from home. Um, so it's been a great afternoon uh, of dealing with internet issues but then aren't we all nick healy how are you i'm good james Byrne. we are indeed all uh dealing with internet issues nothing quite as pressing and immediate as it sounds like what you're going through at the moment though trying <laughs> to do schooling from a hot spot I, I look it's been a while since i've had to be on hotspot internet i actually got a chill when you said that <laughs> And look, I'm even, I feel like I'm genuinely walking a tightrope here because I'm looking at my phone and it's on one bar. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just see how we get through. Hey, look, a genuine question. Uh, you are pretty much socially isolating at the moment, not quite lock up, but you're obviously um, uh, no more meetings for you or anything like that. It's just you and the family. How are you bearing up? Um, yeah, look, I mean, it is a good question. I feel like... Me personally, happy hermit. I've always, you know, been a very happy um, freelancer who's worked from home office for I think cumulatively over a decade, and um, I'm sort of pretty fine. And in fact, in some ways, enjoying the relief of not being asked if I could maybe just pop into the office in Sydney um, this week. Um, just not having to get on the train is great, but uh, definitely then sort of this week we kicked off the uh, the school from home setup, uh, learning at home. And it's really interesting sort of watching, um, you know, two different kids with slightly different personalities. So we've got sort of one who he's, you know, the older one, pretty comfortable just knowing I'm just going to catch up with my mates when we play games online. No big deal. Uh, everything's fine. And then uh, my daughter, who is much more of a like extrovert social um dynamic kind of person and is very quickly sort of feeling that sense of isolation and not being there with her friends uh, as kind of school was wrapping up end of last week she was saying you know that there were lots of people who were talking like it was kind of school holidays early you know that they're like oh like oh isn't this exciting she's like i think i'm the only one who's realized that it's it's school but no one around to hang out with and that's really not going to be nice um, here we are on Wednesday, and she did mention to me at lunchtime, she's like, I think the others are starting to realise what it meant. <laughs> yeah. Look, I can't imagine how tough that would be, to be honest. Um, I'm in a, a completely different situation. I'm still going into the station. Uh, the ABC has been classified by Paul Fletcher, which is lovely to hear that we are an essential service. We are ongoing. Um, and obviously my broadcast requirements, while they can be done at home, that is being regarded as a very last resort given the fact that all the technology is already built in here that I need and can be using. Yeah. Um, so I'm still seeing people. I'm still driving to work or riding my pushy to work. Um, I drove today just because there might be a little bit of rain around, but it's been very different. I do also, however, live in a town where the council just today have banned use of any and all parks. So I'm going to be very curious what it means. If I can't get in a bit of a run, uh, it means none of that exercise equipment that just this week I've had to swap in for the gym that oh, can't be accessed yeah. anymore. All of that's just disappeared. I am... Um, I, look, I'm not going to lie. I'm actually a little worried about this and what kind of I can get up short term to uh, kind of fill that... That exercise crunch, which has been um, so vital to my health, both physical and mental, for a while now. 
I feel like there will be, you know, I mean, there's so many things that week after week, new sort of uh, apps and services and different things are sort of getting an explosive moment of growth. The obvious ones being sort of both video streaming services and then also the uh, video conferencing type uh, software, you know, a few weeks ago, nobody knew what Zoom was unless you were forced to use it inside a business. Now, everybody knows exactly what Zoom is. Um, but, yeah, it feels like more and more apps are going to kind of find their moment because I feel like some of those, you know, um, sit up and, you know, push-up type apps where it's like, you know, I'll, it'll track your push-ups because you put it under your face while you're doing them. All those kinds of like 100 push-up and 100 sit-up type apps that put you on a crash course for 10 weeks, those kinds of things, surely they're going to have a big moment where just people are just going to sample lots of them and then the word will spread on which one actually is any good and that one will sort of slowly rise to the top of those charts while people are searching for these things to, to stay active. I think you're right. I think it's a really interesting one. Um, and I do note that, say, um, Hemsworth, Thor uh, has been providing free <laughs> access to his workout service for a while. So I think... That is great. My own gym, um, who's one of the franchise gyms, when they sent out the email saying, look, you know, we are shutting down. I really appreciate it. It was a proactive, we're shutting down. Of course, we won't be charging you. But also, if you go to our app now, it's free for 90 days with all the workouts that are on there. Yeah, that's great. And, and that's what we're look, seeing a little really bit of. actually started to... Oh, sorry? I'm saying that's what we're seeing just a little bit of is those services say, you know what, have 30 days free, have six weeks free. We know how rough this is. We're hoping you'll stick around. But for honestly, we just want you to try it and we just want you to feel a bit better. I, I've been really appreciating it. Yeah, and like that's it, I really feel like there's, there's two kinds of press releases hitting my inbox these days, I have to say, when it comes to people bouncing off what's happening right now. There are the absolute joke press releases that are just find, searching for their angle to send us some kind of a new update because, you know, because uh, coronavirus, therefore, you know, this shampoo. You're like, excuse me, what? Um, whereas some of them are doing that thing of offering people something for free. And I think that is, like, it is such a great way to, I think we talked last week a lot about that idea of, of sampling services and that lots of things are going to sort of get used a lot more after this is even all over. But I think the companies that are being smart about it, and it, it is a positive thing when they sort of say, here, we're going to let anybody use this. I mean, that's one of the things Zoom has been doing is saying, you know, schools can have like, there's no 40 minute cap if you've signed up with an EDU address, things like that. Um, to try to, yep, it's going to be great for them in the long term because lots more people are going to use their stuff. But, as a way to expose it, you know, great marketing. But just people need stuff right now, and it is hard to sort of demand somebody pays up front, which actually just reminded me that apparently just recently Netflix removed its 30-day trial offer. Um, so, yeah, I mean, bully for them if a whole bunch of people are just going to have to sign up and pay the money up front. i got to say that actually seems a little cruel. I'm a bit disappointed about that one. Um, you know what's been very interesting to me during this time? is how we have gone out of our way to make our own new social networks. It seems that the, the traditional social networking sites, I think we're realising that they're not necessarily the socialisation that we are now craving. You mentioned Zoom earlier. I've been loving the screenshots that I've been seeing of people having Friday drinks 
with friends, yeah. like literally sitting down with a drink and video chatting via Zoom. I, I think we're realising that it is not socialisation to be commenting on a Facebook page. It can be a part of it, but we do need that kind of messy, noisy conversation as well. And for the moment, the only way we're going to get that is by calling people, by video chatting, by whatever have you. But we are doing it. And I've been really interested to see that kind of organic rise of that. Yeah, and it's a good point about that chaotic moment that you can have in some of those big video calls that feels like, like it feels like it is something we're just sort of waking up to now because, you know, when you've always been forced to do video conferences Ugh. as a formal thing, Ugh. everyone is so careful not to talk over the top of each other. It is always, you know, oh, oh sorry. Mm, uh, uh. Yeah, and so you end up with these like 30 seconds of stop-start moments because everyone's a bit worried, whereas... I feel like through this process of people going, screw it, let's just like open the doors and whoever turns up and we'll have a chat and it's random and fun, that is going to probably help people get better at that idea in general of how to do this video stuff. I know, you know, uh, at one of the companies I work with every, you know, every morning at 9.30, someone sort of a few days ago went, this is normally when we'd go for a coffee run. Why don't we all just, you know, whoever's free, just flick on your Zoom and we'll hit the meeting room and just kind of share a cup of tea or a coffee and just have a quick chit-chat for 15 minutes, you know. And it has been that nice thing to just have that little casual check-in with colleagues in a way that isn't email or other kinds of chat. And I think you bang on that, you know, Facebook uh, has kind of filled so much of people's um, dead time, in a sense. Well, yeah, well, what they think of as dead time, and of course, has slowly, you know, eaten up more time that might have been put towards other things. <laughs> but that just scrolling and looking, like that is not enough when there is an absence of everything else right now. So it is kind of good to see people thinking, well, I'm really exploring all these sort of tools to, 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 you know, to show how much they're craving this and that. Yeah, that they're starting to embrace kind of that more chaotic vibe of just waving and, you know, sharing screens and all that kind of craziness. Look, I think the next few steps are going to be really interesting. I think we're going to see more and more of those um, uh, watch streaming media together apps where you can kind of have a little chat down the side or even a voice yeah. chat. I'd love to see a curated bad movie night where you can just log on and join everyone as if it was Rocky Horror or something like that, like proper callbacks all done that way. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I think it's going to be, it's going to be, as I said, organic. I know that's an obvious phrase, but I think these things are going to grow up because people give it a go, not because a marketing department's you know, decided to have a crack at it or a dev team's decided that it's needed to be this way. I think we're going to see really creative usage of, um, of pre-existing tools in this sort of way, and I think it's going to be fun, like we are going to be so desperate for fun for so long. We are looking yeah. at months, and I think this is going to be that bright, shining light of fun. And, yeah, you also it just reminds me that the Facebook uh, watch party kind of system is something that never has really taken off. No. But it's something that is there. You know, if you start watching a video on Facebook, there's often a little button that sort of says, you know, tell your friends you're watching this or something, and it'll synchronize how you're watching it. It feels like... Facebook could kind of, you know, if there was a way to sort of transport that, to, you know, heaven forbid, you know, not like Facebook wants to be an open <laughs> ecosystem, but if they could open that up as a concept so that, yep, Facebook is where all your friends are and you like chatting to them to synchronize, we're all going to be watching this TV show or this movie 
whatever it might be, so that you can kind of have that, yeah, that synchronized chat experience while you're watching it. That would be a really sort of valuable thing right now. More and more of it, I think. Um, maybe back to the old days of IRC, but just video chat. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's really fascinating watching the kids going through this stuff because, you know, they they roll with whatever, but it is really interesting to see how they want to create these moments to kind of chat to each other. And, yeah, at the moment, I think the school that they're at is still working on exactly how to integrate things like Zoom, but they know they need to give kids those kinds of social connections that aren't just, you know, pure, rigid class structures. Um, but, yeah, it just feels like, um, yeah, that we're just kind of desperately in need of more of these ways to kind of, yeah, sync up, you know, that it it doesn't have to be perfect. We just want to find things that kind of show that feeling of sharing a moment in time um, in some kind of, yeah, real way. Look, I, um, I'm i going to move the conversation along because this kind of relates to it a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Sky Master. Now, over the years, you and I have made a lot of fun of the name, but obviously Sky Master... <laughs> I don't know if that sounded right. No, you know, neither did mine. I don't know I gave what mine a crack. was. It was meant to be a whip crack. It's a joke from five <laughs> years ago that not many people would get. So that's um, that's nice. That's a real podcast territory there. Um, <laughs> it is getting itself ready to be, I think, hammered by the amount of people who are using it. Now, Skymaster, if you don't know, is the NBN um, satellite service. It has been for people who just cannot get their NBN any other way. They know that they're about to get a lot of demand, people who are isolated already, now having to work from home, but more importantly, a lot of kids going back home. Kids who might have been at yeah. boarding school now doing their schooling on the property or in the areas where Skymaster are. They are not doing a bad job on this, I've got to say. So the NBN are uh, increasing data limits, like significantly increasing. I think they're doubling the available data um, on SkyMaster services for a three-month period, uh, I think no additional cost. Well, no additional right. cost back to the retailers. So my fingers yeah. crossed that that won't be passed on anywhere else. And I don't yeah. know if you know the SkyMaster Plus service. It's always meant to be kind of the um, fancy SkyMaster a little bit. Oh, no. They're expanding out their unmetered content. So for SkyMaster Plus, some of their content was unmetered. It's now going to be all traffic that isn't video streaming or a VPN. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So That's that really means, good. So at the moment, it's been things like email, web browsing, even OS updates. They're now basically saying if it's not a VPN or not a streaming service, it'll also remain unmetered. And look, you pay a lot for SkyMaster Plus, but that is actually an incredible deal. And uh, further again, they're now actually introducing a new entry-level SkyMaster Plus tier. Now, I think that's a bit cheeky. I think it's trying to push people up from SkyMaster to SkyMaster Plus and say, well, <laughs> yeah, here yeah. you go. But it is providing that gateway there. And I just, what I'm desperately hoping for is that, of course, all this has been done by the NBN, the wholesaler, that we are going to see this done the right way by the retailers where um, there's not going to be, I don't know, huge charges coming their way. I just, um, I'm hoping that people who are already on the backwaters digitally sometimes aren't being subjected yeah. to, to gouging or issues like that. Yeah. And look, yeah, I think likewise, you know, that they, um, that the NBN opened up, uh, what's it? The CVC, that's kind of the virtual circuit that ISPs have to have to pay for. Um, I mean, it basically was a 
a made-up extra kind of layer of <laughs> revenue opportunity for MBN to, you know, as uh, as usage grows, ISPs have to pay more and therefore MBN gets more money. Um, that they have kind of, I think, upped it by like 40% for all MBN uh, ISPs. So again, because of course that's the, that's the trick, isn't it? It's like the the customer of MBN is the ISP and it's always baffled me that whole thing where you know MBN was set up with a massive marketing team and runs ads on the TV yep. and they'll even you know stick their nose into your Twitter conversation if you bring them up and complain about something but then of course they quickly go oh yeah you need to ask your ISP about that and it's like so why are you even there bragging about these things if we can't actually come and hassle you if there's a problem so uh, you know, and funnily enough, it's a little raw right at this moment because I've checked both my ISP and the NBN's websites. There is no status update saying there's any known outage in my area. And it's like, oh, that's even worse sometimes when you know there's an outage and they don't know yet. Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's really kind of critical then that when this sort of stuff is happening, when NBN is throttling some of these things up to ensure that they're giving us what we need, that that the ISPs absolutely do the right thing and make sure that we get access to that right in this moment of crisis. They really have to. And look, there's a quote um, that the NBN has been putting around. This is from Kirsty Sparrow. Sorry, Christy Sparrow. Uh, she's the founder of the Better Internet for Rural, Regional and Remote Australia. Uh, it's an organisation, obviously, a peak body trying to help people in those areas. Um, she said... And I love this. We encourage retailers to pass on the additional data allowance in full to their customers. And we urge all users to review their current plan and ensure it meets their needs at this time. We are going to see a bit of churn. We're going to see a few changes. And I hope the ISPs are on top of that. 100%. And look, it's worth just touching on that big question for people who aren't experts on their home internet setups and things like that is this if you are experiencing sort of problems at the moment with all this extra network activity in the house if you have kids at home if you have any of these sort of things going on where you're suddenly noticing that things aren't as fast as you wish they were or hope they were then you know there is definitely questions there about sort of how well your local uh, mbn Offering is working, but there really are also those questions of is your ISP skimping on their CVC charges um, and that stuff that is worth then researching through the likes of Finder and Whistle Out and these sorts of specialist websites that do rate the different um, kinds of uh, you know ISP offerings. Um, also, it could be that your Wi-Fi router is now just like so damn old that... <laughs> You know, it's fine on an average weeknight, but suddenly home all day and you're noticing that things are a bit glitchy and things aren't working well. Um, it is one of those classic issues, I think, in a lot of households where people just sit on that same Wi-Fi router that they've had because as long as you don't touch it, it keeps working. Um, and this is one of those times where you go, there's now 20 devices asking that, you know, 11G router for access to the internet. It might be time to explore your options on getting a better Wi-Fi in your house. How many times have you and I had that conversation and it's just one that comes up, it's like for most households who are having network issues, a new router could be part of that solution. Just because it arrived with the ISP when you signed up five years ago doesn't oh. mean it's still doing what it's supposed to do. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, that's what my ISP gave me. And it's like, how many years ago did they give it to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember talking about that. We talked about that with so many router manufacturers over the years about how do we make people think about the router? How do we make people want to spend money on a router? I don't think anyone ever came up with a good solution. Yeah. And look, I think this kind of mesh era that's starting to arrive is probably one of the the easier kind of messages to start showing people that there's something different going on with Wi-Fi. It's not just kind of, it doesn't just have like more spidery antennas hanging off it, like some of the crazy Netgear and, um, you know, some of those kinds of crazy brands with, yeah, a million antennas poking out. Um, but the, the mesh idea of saying, oh, well, you know, if you have quite a, like a large house or a long house or something weird and, you know, and the phone points at one end of the house, then, you know, you can put in a second unit halfway down your apartment or your house, and that's going to boost the signal so that, you know, that, that weird corner that happens to be where your desk is, <laughs> is going to now still get a really good signal. Um, and so that sort of mesh idea is stuff that I think, you know, Google's been working on as well to almost start to kind of integrate some of that mesh stuff with having like Google Assistant type things attached to it. I know I'm testing out a unit from D-Link at the moment called Cover, C-O-V-R, because, of oh. course, you can't use all the vowels. Um, oh. and, uh, and, yeah, that's one of those units where, you know, I've got a second unit down in our bedroom because that's always been the problem spot <laughs> in our house. Um, but even just noticing because it's on sort of that next tier of, uh, you know, of Wi-Fi branding. I think they're rebranding all of Wi-Fi at the moment as well, by the way. It's like we're about to get Wi-Fi 6 and so current gen is Wi-Fi 5, and they're putting numbers because, of course, we've had B, G, N, A, C, all these kinds of letters. Yeah, look, combos. how am I meant to understand if it doesn't say 802.11912 and AC at the end? I mean, that'll just be really confusing <laughs> if we make it 6. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. and I did ask one of our old colleagues, uh, Rye. Uh, uh, Rye Christ? Yeah, Chris. <laughs> I said Crozier, and I'm like, no, he's a journalist. He's an Australian journalist. Um, yeah, Chris, ask him about it because he's one of those uh, smart home experts. And I'm like, so is this something to wait for? And he's like, well, it's you know that classic issue where it's like it's going to be expensive at first because it's new, and so maybe just get if you're going to upgrade, just upgrade with one of the current sort of fifth generation Wi-Fi setups because um, that'll do a great job, and you'll see very little difference um, at you know, a lot less price. It, it's um, really but quite... yeah, well worth exploring. It's really quite hilarious. You were saying before about so many things connected to the network. I mean, we used to talk about that, like, oh, you'd have a tablet and you'll have your phone, and uh, there might be a gaming console as well. I'm just thinking in my house, where it is mostly me, I've got Aaron with me at the moment, so only two of us, a laptop, uh, two gaming consoles, the TV, uh, we've definitely got two tablets, two phones at any given time, five Google Homes, because I have somehow become obsessed, <laughs> and at least three smart light bulbs all on the network at any given time. <laughs> well, I know through this new router, actually, I know on it's like, uh, you know, home screen where you can just through an app kind of check in and change settings and things. It, it shows me immediately on that front screen that it's like there are 23 devices connected to this Wi-Fi. <laughs> and it's like, I couldn't <laughs> list those off the top of my head. Um, I would have to kind of go and kick things and try to remember, does that have internet in it or not? And I even have a whole bunch of uh, smart home lighting stuff that I haven't set up yet that I've been meaning to. Um, so, yeah, it's like this stuff just keeps escalating. It does. It does.
Hey, some of the big news that came out today is, of course, that the Olympic Games are now officially being postponed. They're not changing the name. It's still going to be Tokyo 2020. It's just going to be happening in 2021. I guess, you know, when you've already had the party invites made up, there's no point in changing anything too much. Right. That's a lot of printing errors to deal with. Yeah, Yeah, it'd just be horrendous. Um, But that means no Olympics. Uh, We've seen the A-League go, the NRL go, the AFL go. Pretty much there is no functioning sport in Australia at the moment, and that's pretty much the global thing as well. Seamus, tell me where eSports can fit into this. I mean, I think we vaguely touched on it last week, and it exploded last weekend to the point where actually, so get this, I mean, one of the most clear one-to-one eSports to real sport categories is motor racing yeah mm. the drivers train in virtual car simulators on the actual tracks that they're going to be racing next weekend you know like there is so much kind of perfect alignment between those two things um that last weekend uh, a bunch of the i think pretty much all the f1 drivers participated in a virtual version of the bahrain race that was not taking place um and of course yeah, people broadcast it because, you know, this is the real drivers. It's not just some random thing. Um, and they, and, you know, people kind of thoroughly enjoyed it because in the end, these people are also seriously competitive at anything they do. That's why they're professional athletes. Uh, and so they really kind of put on a great show for everybody. And, like, people really, really enjoyed it. A few, like, a few extra laughs around the edges of it, but um it was absolutely on the track serious and ended up being a race where like literally in the final corner somebody uh got nudged off the track and then you know the second place took over to win the race so wow really really fun stuff and then a great stat i saw was that nascar in the u.s also ran a big virtual race last weekend again with all the real drivers from the real teams and it had apparently because they showed it on like ESPN and stuff like that. Because again, yeah. they're all looking for anything to broadcast right now. Um, it brought in its biggest viewing figures since like one of the whatever. Yeah, you know, I don't know if it's like the Indy 500, but like one of their biggest races of the year um, managed to actually match those stats for a virtual version of the race that was taking place. Um, so that's amazing. Supercars here in Australia, they've also announced they're going to do an E-Series with the real drivers to fill in a few of the races that have been cancelled from their schedule. Um, it is just kind of fascinating to see how quickly people are adopting it. Though, I mean, the funny real sport uh, one, just to kind of briefly tangent to, mm. last weekend, uh, US Sports Channel's broadcast one of those last matches of the AFL that was taking place here in Australia before it got shut down. (laughs) And there were some amazing Twitter threads of Americans losing their mind over AFL because there's nothing else to watch. We'll watch this. Oh, my God, these people are amazing. And what kind of cardio workout is this sport? Do they all throw up at halftime? It was just amazing to see. I need to track that down because I've always said that you cannot compare any football code in Australia to what Americans regard as football and um, I, I stand by that I you know what I want to see now from what you've been saying I want I want those races to happen and just sneak in a couple of the professional esports players not the drivers just without anyone yeah. knowing and then let me know how they go yeah and look I mean again a few years back and I think it's the thing that they still do Gran Turismo yes. um, and Nissan have partnered for years 
to do like online racing where the top racers actually do get invited to go and do a boot camp essentially to become real race car drivers. And I remember interviewing uh, one of sort of the people from the Nissan team years ago who he said, you know, he was kind of the guy who always, you know, really sort of felt like, of course, this would work, but so many doubters out there. But he was saying, like, it was the kind of situation where everyone is told this is the track, this is the car, and every day the top, uh, I think it's like the top car that, you know how in video games you can get the ghost car so that you can kind of race against essentially the best lap time. Yeah. And you can even see that car on the track in front of you. And it meant that every day people could then see what was the best lap time yesterday, how do we then you know, follow its racing lines, improve them, all that sort of stuff. And that constant need to basically work hard every single day, keep chasing that best time, um, that just those fundamentals of determination and the, you know, the will to keep going and all that hard work stuff. He was like, that is, a, that is the most important thing for any race car driver. Um, so yeah, it's great to kind of see this stuff going on. I think you're totally right. Though then over in Europe, uh, there's been a whole bunch of the European football teams mm. who spontaneously started playing FIFA tournaments, um, going, all right, well, we can't play, so let's do some charity tournaments with FIFA online, um, where, in, you know, there has actually been some FIFA leagues where lots of teams have actually hired professional FIFA players to be their kind of team's pro uh, you know, pro esports version of soccer for their team. Um, but this is actually, you know, superstar footballers getting, you know, all right, you're going to be, you're going to be the guy for our team in this competition and you're going to play someone from some other, you know, some other club, but it's all the real players, which of course just elevates people's interest in trying to actually tune in to watch this stuff, which is just awesome. Well, here is my challenge to the uh, IOC, to the Internet Organising Committee or the International, sorry, Olympic Committee. We'll try that one again. Um, bring back 1984's Summer Games from Epics on Commodore 64 yes. and just run that instead of the Olympics. Totally. I mean, man, let's, you know, all right, Usain Bolt, he's retired from, you know, the main event, but let's maybe get a whole bunch of people who are, who have had gold medals in the last decade and say, all right, you all have to compete against each other in the virtual Olympics for 2020. <laughs> and, yeah, and you're right. We're going to go back to the 80s. Uh, you know, track and field, um, decathlon. That was always one of the classics. I'm trying to remember um, yeah, all of summer them games. Oh, there was shooting. Man, I think rowing was one as well. Pole vault? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I can't but remember yeah, now. Yeah. It's, it's funny because, of course, there has been such a debate over the last few years about the Olympics. Um, you know, oh, should esports be in the Olympics? I, I've always sat on the camper going, esports doesn't need the Olympics. You know, it's its own thing. Stop trying to sort of fit these things together. But boy, could the Olympics use some uh, esports in, in their schedule right now? That would make a, a big difference. They sure uh, could. I. I just want to quickly also mention, if you are somebody who has not watched any esports and you're not even sure where to start, check out juked.gg. That's J-U-K-E-D dot G-G. It launched late last year. Boy, is it going to be that website's time to shine right now. It is essentially a dashboard of all of the major esports taking place at any given time. And like as a longtime fan, I remember so much time you sort of will find out that there was some cool event on somewhere 
because you've seen people tweeting about it when it's on and you're like, damn it, how did I miss that this was going to be on? Um, this is that perfect video wall kind of website, much like, you know, an ESPN or whatever for sports. And that's where you can go. And then from there, you can click through to like a Twitch or a YouTube stream of whatever events are on. But a great place to start and then discover whatever else you might uh, enjoy watching. Well, I'm going to give that a go. That's my promise to you as someone who awesome. uh, maybe has never watched any esports. But we won't dwell on that. I'll definitely give that a go. <laughs> Look, um, I think at the moment everyone is just craving some good news here and there, a bit of a break. And one Facebook community that came up just over the last few days seems to be filling that niche for people. Are you across the kindness pandemic, Seamus? No, I haven't. But the, I, I, that is the right word before the word pandemic for me, thanks. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. I think it's about nine days old now, and that's about it. Uh, it quickly skyrocketed up to hundreds of thousands of members. It was a, a Melbourneian by the name of Catherine Barrett who set it up, and it was just a chance for people to say, here's something good that I saw. And it seems to have taken off, but as most things do in the internet, it's been a bit divisive. Some people are saying it's performative kindness or some people are telling, you know, suggesting that a lot of the stories people are telling about the great acts they saw fall under that category of never happened. And I don't oh, know. Yeah. I, I'm on the line myself. I, I just, when we're all we're seeing on social media are frightened shoppers, people punching each other for toilet paper, all these horrible kind of things, I don't mind if maybe people are stretching the truth a little here and there to give me a good yeah. story. But I, I kind of get why some people would worry about that. Yeah. I mean, that's it, right? We see so much genuinely fake news kind of stuff out there. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm all about avoiding any fake stuff when it comes to serious news. But some very legitimate sounding good news stories that, help to kind of make us feel a little bit nicer about the humans around us and how that maybe we are learning to be a bit more pro-social during this this time like i'm all for that and i've definitely been hearing some other kind of catchphrases of things like um like caremongering um you know that idea of just trying to kind of yes yeah, spread a bit more kindness in the community um you know it's been that thing of hearing about you know next door that you know that sort of local mm. version of Facebook that I signed up for just recently just to kind of stick my nose in and see what was going on. And, and there've been a lot of positive messages in that space, even though there's not many locals on it, but people are, are trying to use it as a way to, to just check in and make sure that, you know, they put their hand up if they're ready to help out other people in the neighborhood. Um, so, you know, I'm like, I mean, wholesome memes, right? Like that's one of those things where I'm like, if, if this is what it turned out to be in the long run, then who cares? Like, Wholesome memes being this, um, I think there's like a Twitter account and an Instagram account and things where it's it's using all the meme culture stuff, but it's just about making a joke that is something really nice rather than something that picks on anybody or degrades anybody. It's like, here, here's a meme about being nice. And it's like, let's just have a bit more of that floating around to bring a smile to the face at a time when, yeah, it's it's pretty overwhelming with all the other kinds of news. Yeah, look, yes, please. I mean, in the last 15 minutes, one of the posts, which I've kind of been really adoring on the kindness pandemic, uh, she's a ninth grade biology teacher. She really misses her class. So she's writing them each a personalised letter to become pen pals with them. Oh, Actually posting mail back and forth. It's really, really sweet. I really like it. Yeah. And, and look, other... that's a good point, isn't it? Like, let's say that interspersed with stories like that, there are a few made-up little things. It's like, 
for the most part, it really is, you know, going to be um, people who are sort of trying to think about how do they improve their own little moment, you know, in time and, and sharing that as a way to try to inspire other people to do that. I think that's a really, really positive thing. And I think any times that you get those accusations of like, you know, performative niceness and stuff, it's like, well, screw it. I'd rather have people performing the act of being nice because it's visible. That's, that's still nice. And, <laughs> and, you know, if they turn around and do something rubbish later on in some other hidden place, like, you know what, right now I don't care. I'd rather just see the nice things in public because that will hopefully inspire more acts of niceness in general. And look, the other one to go and have a look for, if you just need a good palate cleanse from the news of the day, have you been following along with the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum in Oklahoma City? No. They gave Tell their, me more. They gave their security guard, Tim, uh, the role of uh, online social media manager now, and his Twitter uh, his tweets about the things he loves in the museum have just become this absolute global storm. People love Tim. That is he has no idea what he's doing. It is incredibly honest, incredibly raw. I thought it was all made up. I'm seeing CNN articles recently showing that he is a real person. He is a genuine person, Aww. and uh, everyone just loves it. Everyone just loves it. Apparently, he honestly, they wanted to keep the public engaged while the museum was co- closed, they decided Tim could get the keys to the Twitter account and it's been gold ever since. So if you need it, just search for Tim Cowboy Museum. You won't be disappointed. That is great. (laughs) And I mean, right, it's just such a great thing to talk about that kind of honesty in a sense, you know, where there is so much of what the internet has become that is about sort of, you know, showing that perfectly polished face instead of, just being real and there really is something about this moment in time where people are sort of saying give me that real moment of engagement rather than something that is clearly you know been uh you know workshopped and committed into existence uh that's just great when it's like someone's just honest and clearly not that uh well versed <laughs> take on how to how to tweet this sort of stuff is what? something that must be able to shine through so well. That's just brilliant. Wait till you read his use of hashtags. Um, uh, James, we should probably <laughs> leave it there so I can go and work out yeah, what I've been wanted, banned from doing I this week. To, oh, no. Yeah, I was going to really quickly, last week I failed to mention because it was hilarious. Um, well, hilarious, you know, as far as pandemics go. Um, that there has been a Big Brother taking place in Germany at the moment. <sighs> and so... There was a whole uh, situation where they were like, um, do, do we tell them? <laughs> do we tell them what's going on? Do we tell them that Germany's borders are now closed and that where uh, uh, planes aren't flying and there is this giant situation? And one of the biggest things about it was that it just completely reminded me yet again of Charlie Brooker, who in his earlier days wrote Dead Set, which was... <laughs> a mini-series on the set of Big Brother in the UK when a zombie outbreak happens in the rest of the world uh, and these people are oblivious to what's happening because they're in Big Brother. Um, apparently in Germany, I haven't seen the sort of the final result of what happened, but apparently they held a like a special episode last week to let them in on what was happening in the rest of the world. And I can't help feel like in the context of Big Brother, would the people inside be thinking, so... 
this is one of those like oh. uh, challenges again, isn't it? Where they're seeing what will we do if we think this is a thing? <laughs> and you're like, that would be interesting to watch them get over that hump of going, no, 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 this is real. This is this is real. It is terrifying to think of them as well as a, a time capsule of the world, I don't know, just three weeks ago? <laughs> yes. So a great uh, tweet where someone said, I've now lived five decades in my life, <laughs> 80s, 90s, noughties, 10s, March. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's been a, a crazy time. But, Nick, always great to catch up with you. Why don't you let people know where they can find your stuff on the internet? Yeah, track me down on Twitter where I haven't been tweeting a huge amount because I've needed a little uh, mental break from Twitter, but I'll be back in action very soon. It is uh, Dr. Nick, that is at dr underscore nic or on my Facebook, just posting random memes at the moment. Uh, just track me down as Nick Healy on there. I am at Seamus on Twitter and all the bite side things. I'm Seamus Byrne on Instagram. You know, funnily enough, I tried to start doing a selfie a day thing this year and boy, did I quit that because <laughs> what a year. I don't want to see <laughs> what I look like. Just lots of sour faces of worry on a regular yeah. basis. So I, yeah, I stopped that. Yeah, not like I go out of the house much anyway, but boy, yeah, I quit that. So anyway, Seamus Byrne over on Instagram. Uh, at Biteside on Twitter and at The Biteside on Instagram and Biteside on Facebook. And you can email us. Send us your photos of your, uh, you know, home situation with your desk in some mm. weird corner if you feel like it. Uh, ask at Biteside.com. And Nick, I will, I'm, I get to hang up on you in, in live this time. So I will catch you again really soon. Catch you soon. <laughs>